This is 88.9 KETR, online at KETR.org. You're listening to Notably Texan. I'm your host, Matt Minky, And I'm happy to devote some time on today's show to a Texas singer-songwriter with more than 50 years of experience. A man who loves to continue the folk tradition of the story song. He got his start sharing songs and stages with some legends in Texas music, and he's put out about 15 albums through the years. And as part of the Texas Arts Commission Touring Artists roster, he is constantly on the road playing stages or sometimes smaller venues like house concerts. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome to Notably Texan songwriter, producer, and performer George Inslee. George, it is wonderful to speak with you today. I appreciate you joining Notably Texan. Well, I appreciate you reaching out and inviting me to do this. I did want to kind of uh, break the ice with a really important topic, and that is uh, your eye-catching, iconic mustache. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't have the benefit of seeing uh, your lip locks on radio right now, but uh, I would guess from the looks of it that you've had your, uh, your crumb catcher for some time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any tips for somebody who'd like to, to grow some uh, bristle batons like yours? No, just don't cut it. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, people have their own uh, methods and, uh, and whatnot, so I just was curious. But uh, now, if nothing else, people are definitely going to want to go uh, look you up to uh, to check out your stash. So, uh, <laughs> No, that's, that's what guys that don't grow good beards do. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Grow mustaches. Well, uh, I knew that was one of the things that I must ask you about. So uh, with that out of the way, let's uh, talk about uh, your origins. Uh, I know that you're originally from... Houston, when did you start playing an instrument uh, while you were growing up there? Well, I started playing sax when I was uh, 12 and uh, played alto sax in the junior high band, uh, the orchestra, and then the uh, marching band. And then I uh, I picked up the guitar when I was uh, 14. And uh, and then I laid the sax down. I, I played a little bit in some R&B bands uh, in high school, but I put down the, uh, the serious side of of uh, playing sax and started playing guitar when I was 14 and uh, I had a uh, mentor uh, I was really blessed to uh, run into a gentleman named Daryl Harris at the time who was teaching uh, and he was this is 1962 so he was the original uh, beatnik he wasn't even a hippie we didn't even have hippies yet and uh, and uh, I met him he was teaching guitar at a studio across the street from where we were and uh, where we lived and uh, my mom cut a free coupon out of the paper and I went over there and met this this beatnik in Hirachi sandals with a beard in 1962 and, and uh, playing classical guitar and I, I said well that's what I'm going to do so as a result uh, I started taking classical guitar lessons at 14 and uh, within uh, two years I guess when I was 16 or so he took me to see uh Sand Mountain Coffee House to see uh, Towns Van Zant play there, and who was a friend of his, and Guy Clark was living upstairs. Wow! And so I got introduced to that crowd when I was just a teenager and started playing Sand Mountain uh, when I was eighteen. Wow, that's a heck of an introduction. I mean, I don't, did you even realize uh, the greatness that you were uh, <laughs> meeting? And uh, no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I, I certainly didn't. I certainly didn't, and uh, I'm, I'm certainly honored to be. Uh, you know, mentored by uh, especially those two gentlemen, uh, Towns and, and Guy Clark, but uh, but Daryl Harris, he was real instrumental, and in, uh, he was kind of the guru 
uh, guy and in in channels also highly respected him and his his you know capabilities as being a you know a classical guitar wow uh, player and and uh, so that's how that's how I got started in okay. um, playing the folk clubs in Houston. So I mean, uh, early on, did you kind of find the interest in music on your own, or did your family uh, push you towards getting into you certain know, my styles? Dad, my dad played in a swing band in swing bands back in the '30s. Wow! Uh, up in Syracuse, New York, up in the, at the Borscht Belt of the Jewish Rockies, as the case may be, or however you want to call it, up in the Catskills, and played speakeasies and and dance marathons and uh, and dances, and uh, he played all the woodwinds. When they moved down to Texas, and I was born in Houston, uh, you know, he always had some instruments laying around. Uh, but he had, by that time, uh, hung it up because uh, he had four kids. And uh, so he he got into the, uh, he built a, a life insurance company <laughs> down there in Houston, First Continental. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's in the, I think it's in the genes. I've always, I've always been musical and, and love music, and he, he was really into classical music. Uh, by the time I was, uh, I guess I was probably eight or ten, when he started really getting into classical music, which was high five back then, you know. Sure. Stereo. <laughs> so I listened to a lot of good loud Strauss and Beethoven and Tchaikovsky growing up. So. Well, that's a, certainly a great foundation for uh, for whatever kind of music yeah. you end up creating, for yeah, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, uh, you were still pretty young when uh, you actually started uh, playing the clubs around Houston, weren't you? Well, like I said, I started playing when I was 18 at Sand Mountain Coffee House, And then uh, Anderson Fair came around. Uh, there was a place called La Bodega, Hands. The uh, Houston, uh, Rice University has a great archives down there, uh, the uh, Houston Folk Music Archives. At the, I guess it's called the Woodson Library down there. Yeah, but a lot of folks were playing, you know, at that time, those same club, Shake Russell was was there. Vince Bell, uh, Eric Taylor came in after a while, and yeah, that was just kind of our folk circuit down there in Houston. Yeah, and, uh, you were just there in the in the heyday of all of this. It seems like <laughs> I really, I really was, I really was fortunate to be right right there in the middle of it, and the big folk scare, <laughs> as they call it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, as I understand it, you later ended up kind of splitting your time uh, between Houston and Austin. I think this is when you were going to college. Yeah. And so that gave you oh, a, an even different perspective, uh, I suppose, on, on a couple of different music scenes. It did. And uh, here here in Austin, guys like Mike Murphy, uh, B.W. Stevenson, Willis Allen Ramsey, and Jerry Jeff showed up after a while. Um, they were kind of changing. They were, they were you know, in, in – and the whole cosmic cowboy thing that, that 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 Murphy brought in, it was it was happening up here. So it was it was different. It was it wasn't um, even though Murph is he's got he's got a real folk you know kind of um, approach to things and storytelling and, and his playing. It was it was more uh, pop and country. So that was interesting. And Rusty Weir uh, was was going strong then, and uh, of course Kenneth Redgill. Um, he was going strong with Bill Neely backing him up. Right. And uh, Janice Chaplin, you know, she she was just starting to take off at that time. So, yeah, Austin was different. It was different in, in um, 
not as folky, not as uh, not as much not as much storytelling as uh, as uh, kind of rocking a little bit. And you know, Armadillo World Headquarters uh, was kind of the big melting pot for everything to come together. And Willie Nelson, uh, when I when I moved to Austin, uh, I was a hippie, and there were redneck bars and that you didn't didn't go into. Okay, <laughs> you know, you're allowed to get your hair cut. <laughs> but Willie changed all that. Yes, <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know him and, and Murphy too. You know the Cosmic Cowboy thing is kind of all washed away the the dividing lines. And <laughs> thank goodness so, for that. Really, you know <laughs> that was that was fascinating to watch that happen. I bet know? because uh, yeah, from the time I was there to to the time you know ten years later, and I had a. I wound up with a residency at a place called the Hole in the Wall, uh, which is still there down on, on the drag on Guadalupe Street. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucinda Williams was playing on the drag. She was busking at that time, playing for uh, for tips on the on the sidewalk wow. of uh, Guadalupe. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I had a regular gig. Nancy Griffith had a regular gig at the Hole in the Wall. We each had a we each had our own night, and uh, so I played the Hole in the Wall ten years, and then. Moved over to a place called Arch Rib House, where I had a residency there for a while. That's amazing. It's great to hear these uh, these stories, and uh, you just never know. You know, at the time, everybody's kind of trying to make a name for themselves, and uh, I'll be darned if if you weren't uh, brushing shoulders with uh, some of the biggest names in Texas music. You know, through the through the years, that's uh, really great to hear these stories. And George Inslee is our guest here on eighty eight nine KETR. Tell me a little bit about the honor that you experienced uh, back at the uh, Kerrville Folk Festival in seventy uh, seven, I believe it was. Oh gosh, well, uh, I won the uh, songwriting uh, competition along with uh, Tim Henderson. Eric Taylor, Jubal Clark, uh, Rick Beresford. Yeah, it was definitely an honor, and uh, still is, you know, to this day. They at that time they were still at the uh, Arts and Crafts Fairgrounds in '77, and uh, hadn't moved over to the big ranch yet. That was a real blessing and, and a real, uh, a real nice uh, shot in the arm for a young songwriter. Yeah, I can only imagine, and and I, as I understand it, one of the the judges. Uh, was the legendary Towns Van Zant, who I think you really made an impression on? Yeah, Towns was uh, Towns and Steve Young and Bobby Bridger, I think were the three that I can remember uh, at that time. Uh, yeah, Towns Towns kind of took me under his wing a little bit, you know, when he uh, uh, when he uh, he lived in Austin here for a while, and then when he moved to Nashville, and I'd go out and visit, you know, he'd always put up with me and show me the ropes and show me around and he was definitely one of my one of my mentors he was four years older than me and chronologically as far as experientially he was about 25 years older than me (laughs) (laughs) chronologically he was four years older than me right but towns as you well know if you've listened to his work is was a poet i mean it was like the songs weren't like something that you crafted and that you composed they were just revelations you know right and the way towns would juxtapose words was 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 just it's nothing short of poetic you know and that's the reason i you know i felt like paying a tribute to to him and his honesty and his integrity and and the fact that he never really wanted to do anything but music and went into it you know, a thousand percent, you know, 
with everything that he had, and he was he was willing to take the, the lows. And you know, I, I say that Towns made it in spite of himself. You know, because he didn't have any ambition at all. He just was Towns. You know. So uh, where is Inslee home base these days? You mentioned Austin. Are you uh, are you in the city or outside nearby? No, we found a little place outside of San Marcos, a little piece of property. So we're we're out in the in the live oaks and uh, moved out here eight years ago. So I was in Austin forty nine years. Oh wow! <laughs> saw a lot of changes, and uh, like I say, got out in the nick of time. I think. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're, we're in San Marcos. Okay, very nice. <laughs> well, I know that you're uh, touring quite often. Uh, I saw that you just did a show. Uh, with an organization that you're a supporter of, uh, Soldier Songs and Voices. Can you tell me about them? Yes, that's a that's one of my my pet uh, programs uh, that I'm an ambassador for. Uh, Dustin Welch, Kevin Welch's son, Dustin, I started that uh, probably about ten years ago, and he's since uh, grown it into uh, I think ten or twelve chapters all across the country, uh, and basically it is. Uh, it's a it's a post conflict healing through music songwriting and, and playing for uh, folks that uh, that are military, uh, but it also applies to and, and invites people from uh, that are currently in in the military to uh, come and get uh, free songwriting lessons and free uh, guitar you know playing lessons in some instances free guitars as well uh, if if a person is a uh, is serious about uh, wanting to learn, so uh, it's a wonderful program, and uh, we do a week long retreat, uh, with some deep immersion into uh, into writing your songs and uh, and into mentoring uh, folks who uh, who want to tell their story, you know, and uh, sing their songs. So that's very nice. That's a great thing to do. It uh, it looked like from the uh, the poster that I saw that it was a pretty uh, eclectic uh, lineup of artists too. I think it was like David Ramirez and Sir Woman were also at this thing. Yeah, yeah that that was the Fourth of July. Okay. Uh, review that that we did, but we do workshops. Uh, I've done quite a few in, in the, uh, some libraries here across the state, and uh, sometimes VFW halls. It's something that. Uh, might even wind up, uh, Dustin's been talking about taking it on the road and, and maybe doing a little mini tour. You know, the healing properties of music is 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 incredible, as, as you well know, being in, on, the, on the other side of the board there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just incredible, you know, what music does for folks. So it's a great organization. Well, that's it's, fantastic. It's totally nonprofit. And it's called uh, Soldier Songs and Voices, if somebody wants to look into this, right? SoldierSongsAndVoices.com. And another, I'm with the Texas Commission on the Arts touring roster now, so any nonprofit can get a uh, a matching grant to have me come to a workshop of any kind or do a performance. Uh, so I was real fortunate to be able to do another project with a little residency at the Hill Country Youth Ranch, which is... Uh, outside of Kerrville, which has uh, been there over 40 years, uh, that take children who are wards of the state and and give them a residential home and shelter, really, from the, their abusive backgrounds that they come out of, and uh, opportunities to turn their lives around. 
So uh, I got to work with uh, several of the uh, the kids there um, writing their songs. Wow, that's fantastic. And telling their story, yeah, which has been amazing. And, and the Texas Arts Commission uh, was, was responsible for, for partially funding that too as well. So, But any nonprofit uh, that, that wants to bring music in, you know, of any uh, either concert or any, any kind of a songwriting experience uh, can uh, can get uh, find artists on the touring roster for the Texas Arts Commission and uh, and and have have uh, some underwriting from from grants for them and it's uh, it's great that the uh, Texas Legislature has been so generous. I've been able to do some great work through them too. That's wonderful. Along with social songs. Well, yeah, uh, nonprofits in this area might want to uh, take note of that and take advantage of that for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. My big, my big, uh, the latest thing that's uh, come across uh, has come across the, the radar here is uh, is a movie called Buck Alamo that uh, I was asked to be, I was asked to play myself in this movie, and uh, it, was, it was written from a friend of mine's point of view by their nephew who was a Hollywood uh, director and uh, when he heard my friend's story he just said that he wanted to make a movie out of it and uh, Sonny Carl Davis who's kind of a local uh, celebrity around here an underground actor he plays the main character Buck Alamo who's an aging songwriter uh, (laughs) (laughs) that finds out that his days are pretty much coming to an end from years of, of so much hard living that he tries to make amends with his two daughters and, and his fellow pickers and makes him clean up clean up his, his life and get sober and find the Lord and so it's a great movie called Buck Alamo and it's supposed to start streaming here pretty soon. It's won a whole bunch of uh, awards all over uh, the world at the festivals and uh, I've got five songs in the movie and I play myself in the movie Oh wow! so that was a real treat Okay. <laughs> and I hope it that that gets out there and gets on folks' radar because it's a good story, got a good a good message. We'll definitely keep so, our eyes open for that. Yeah, that's that's a whole different uh, facet of the of the business for you. <laughs> it really is. It, it was fun too. It was fun doing it. We're talking with uh, George Inslee here on 88.9 KETR, and I believe that you've released uh, about 15 albums or so. You've been in the music game for more than uh, 50 years. Um, uh-huh. A lot of things, needless to say, have uh, changed in the music industry uh, since you got started. And rather than focusing on the, the things that you don't like, let's keep it positive. And uh, let me ask you uh, if there are some things that you feel like have, have improved kind of in the uh, music business uh, since back in the day. Well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the internet has has made uh, made it possible for independent artists like myself to uh, get an, an opportunity to have you know a, a, a wider spread uh, fan base and opportunities to play and and connect with people and get our music out there. You know, when it comes to the other side, you know, there's uh, there's still an ongoing sort of uh, conflict over. Uh, you know, intellectual property theft with the with the Spotify's and the you know the streaming uh, platforms that are, are, aren't really doing all that well with royalties, right? As they as they used to be and should be, but that's that's changing too. Um, slowly but surely, I think they're, they're starting to wake up and be accountable because uh, the folks that made their living off 
just off their songwriting royalties. Uh, we're really, really hit hard by that. I'm fortunate to still be able to perform, but house concerts, those are great. Those are, that's something that's changed that's been very positive. True. It's like the one I'm fixing to play at, uh, what's the name? Is it it's Harmony, a Harmony House? House, yes. Harmony House, yeah. The one I'm fixing to play up in your neck of the woods. Um, those are wonderful because they're so transparent and they're so intimate, and uh, you can really do your best work and be your, be your, to your best performance uh, because the audience doesn't have any kind of distractions and interference, and you can really get to know folks and share your music a whole lot more intimately than uh, than it used to be. So um, I, I really like doing house concerts, and, and I think it's a great new sort of aspect that really you know has been around uh, since the days of Mozart and <laughs> and Bach, you know. If it weren't for the patrons of the arts back then, you know, and, and the quote-unquote house concerts, um, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't have been able to survive. You That's know? true. I never really thought but about it need, that way. We need patrons. We need patrons, and, and, and it's great to have that, that opportunity. A far cry from a smoky old bar room with, uh, with chicken wire protecting yeah. you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> far cry. Very, very well said. Uh, George, uh, would you be willing to uh, to talk while I've got you here for a minute about uh, public radio? Uh, we're a listener-supported station here. We're the NPR affiliate here in Northeast Texas. Um, and I know that a lot of uh, you know independent and folk artists are uh, often only heard on stations like KETR. So I wondered if you would talk about uh, why you appreciate uh, what stations like this do for lesser-heard singers and songwriters like yourself. Well, I do greatly appreciate uh and as I was saying earlier, uh, Larry Monroe, who was uh, uh, one of the one of the, the first uh, really musicologist DJs here in Austin on KUT, was uh, really instrumental in uh, in offering a, a platform for folks like me. They had what they call live set, which was an hour long set of live performance and uh, him interviewing. Um, and David Oberman was another one um, that uh, had a, a folkway show on Saturday mornings. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I can't say enough about non-commercial, you know, radio and uh, and this opportunity, you know, to uh, to not have to be uh, paid because uh, typically, if you want a radio spot, uh, you hire a promoter and. And they're the ones that, uh, for commercial radio, they're the ones that get you heard and get you uh, interviews and so forth. So keep it up. God bless you. We yep. need you. i got to say, it has uh, really been fascinating uh, to, to hear your tales today and uh, you talking about all of these uh, amazing names in Texas music that you've gotten to know through the years. And it's been my pleasure uh, to learn a bit more about you today, George. You're a notable Texan that I'm honored to have had a chance to speak with, so thank you for joining me on Notably Texan today. Thank you, Matt, and thank you for your program. I hope that you have a wonderful summer, George. Thank you. I appreciate it, Matt. And if you need more information about the artist, his last name is spelled a little bit differently than it sounds, so let me help you find his website. It's georgeinsley.com, G-E-O-R-G-E. That part's simple. It's E-N-S-L-E, the spelling on the last name, georgeinsley.com, information about his bio, his future shows, and all of his albums. And I'm Matt Menke. I'd like to say thanks again to George Inslee for spending that time with us today and sharing all those interesting stories. 
And thank you for listening on 88.9 KETR and online at KETR.org.